everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We are the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. And uh, boys, before we start, got an admission to make. You know, we just had quite a long production meeting where I took notes and I said I'd put them in this chat. Yeah. Uh, accidentally, when I when I copied the meeting link, of course, it overwrote where I copied the, the no. notes. <laughs> so we're going to have to wig it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I am Reese. I am an idiot. Uh, and tonight I'm joined by Mikey and Liam. How are you doing, boys? All right, like, not too bad. But don't be so hard on yourself, bud. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a long day. It's been a long day. But if, if we forgot forget anything, then uh, yeah, we are tremendously sorry. Uh, yeah, anyway, it's a Tuesday night. We're recording. Uh, did you get up too much over the weekend, Mikey, boy? Uh, on the weekend, oh, I went to visit Santa with a little down right. in Cardiff. Good. So I was there just before you boys would have... I give him my list, yeah. <laughs> What's on his lap? <laughs> I did sit in his lap. I went to see a different Santa last year. <laughs> and he, I um, I did sit on his lap. And um, I said, make sure I sit in your good knee now, because it'll be a bad knee after. <laughs> I, I'm sure our listeners want to know, but what is on Mike G.S. Harris's Christmas list this year? Um, the Celtic Warriors. <laughs> It'll always be there. <laughs> yeah. um, anything else? Uh, uh, peace and quiet. Yeah. Um, and, a little, and a lot less uh, stress. Thank you very much. If you could sort so that out, Santa. So basically, you have got more chance of getting a rainbow-coloured unicorn. I, it's rainbow, uh, unicorns are rainbow-coloured anyway. It's, it's, it's <laughs> interesting. Did you see a rainbow-coloured unicorn? Mikey, what, you, what, you could what? at least ask... You've you've asked there to be the owner and operator of a doomed rugby team and not to have any stress. It's, uh, <laughs> and for it to be based yeah. in Ponty and to have some peace and quiet. Yeah. It's yeah. going to balance itself out. It's the trifecta of nonsense. It's going to balance itself out. Trifecta of nonsense, right? That's the episode title sorted, early doors. Um, yeah, Biz, we had a, a fun old weekend, didn't we, down at the Arms Park? We did indeed. More, more fun we for us, some than others. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Considering I wasn't, uh, I was planning of not going, uh, I'm happy I did in the end. Oh, I, I mean, anyone who listened last week will uh, will be aware that, you know, I did call this. I did. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you did. You, you did. You. Take that. Take that, doubters. Uh, better get the admin I'm, out. I'm, I'm sure we'll... Sorry, go Biz. Yeah, I'm sure we'll dig, I'm sure we'll dig into the, the ifs and buts now. 100%. We absolutely will. Yes, admin. Uh, you can artist formerly known as Twitter us on X. Uh, I'm at RJJ Blue and Black. Mikey is at Mikey S. Harris. B- B- Liam, I believe you're Biz1984. Correct. Good, I'm learning. Uh, the pod is at FL Rugby Pod. And if you want to email us, we are forbiddenloverugby at gmail.com. All right, cool. Uh, let's do news then. Shit news to start, so let's try and get it done and dusted. Um, the group litigation proceedings for brain injuries. Uh, a big list of names was released. Um, Biz, I'll come to you first, but what, what, just give us your thoughts first of all, I think, just broadly. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, this could spell disaster for for rugby union in my in my opinion um obviously the, the players going through this is it's not nice on them um and there's 
a lot of opinions floating about, you know, who's to blame. And I think, you know, we we could, obviously we have already off air and stuff, but we, we, we could discuss this in depth and, and for a long time. But unless we know the ins and outs of every case, I think it's very difficult to have a proper opinion on it. Um, because, you know, there's, there's so many things that, you know, could affect everything, then it's it's not fair to uh, to basically second guess, really, isn't it? Yeah, Mikey, uh, any any additional thoughts there? No, like I got to totally agree. I think um, on on the basis, I think uh, uh, wasn't it wasn't the detail that's that's come out has been that um, the WRU has been sort of holding back detail on. Um, on this, this, the, the detail around the injuries, and um, again, if, if if that comes out, and I think, yeah, rugby in Wales, at least as we see it, um, is cooked. I think really is is this the only way to put it? It's it's difficult to have, like, say, to have a you know a big opinion on it because obviously there's there's people's lives being affected at this, and it's it's easy to point the finger at you know any individual or this that and the other, and I think it's. You know, like we've discussed, it's it's difficult for everybody because why why hasn't this been you know openly discussed in the past? You know, if, if players were being forced to join the field injured or to to play carrying knocks and stuff sort of like this, you know, why 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 has it been allowed to happen? Because players will play injured. We I know we've played yeah, injured. Yeah, yeah. Like be, be it be it a head knock or be it uh, you know bumps and bruises from a contact session on a Thursday. Ridiculous. That's by the way. But like, you, you always put yourself out there to play, don't you? I mean, regardless, yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's, it's a sport where like you have to toughen up, but that, that ideal has to change. And I think there's been a lot of change in how rugby players need to conduct themselves both on the pitch, off the pitch, and in the week leading up to the fixture on the weekend, you know if you're injured. You know you're not going to be 100%. And I think in the professional sense, this is where the medical staff, the physios, they need to be treated with the utmost respect because they're the ones in the best place to be able to make a, make a call on a player. And maybe there's some other coaches around who don't see it that way. It's their rule or nothing. That's not going to work in a rugby, in a professional rugby environment. It doesn't work in a professional environment in any walk of life, in any profession. But we're a rugby podcast discussing things matters of rugby, and I think we can safely say that's not going to fit rugby union going forward. Yeah, I think where I am with it is probably not too far removed from you guys. I think the, the difficulty is, isn't it? Like if um, if you roll your ankle or break an arm, like you know about it, and something immediately says, "I can't move anymore," right? Um, or I can't take another knock yep. there. Whereas like with with head contact, um, it's maybe not quite so immediate. And I think, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, the 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 uh attitude was get knocked out, get back up. Um like you saw yep. it was a Sam yep. o- Sam Orbiton's book, you know, it was along like him and other players would come off the pitch. Like I think it was Lydiat. They they'd be like, I can't remember 20 minutes of that game. Um Whereas yeah. if you broke a leg, yeah. your body won't physically let you carry on. And I think the crux of this is going to be if the governing bodies knew that these head knocks were linked to chronic brain injuries, 
and neurological conditions, then, and the players weren't adequately educated about it, then they've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. and I th- and I think it, obviously it can't be as black and white as you know as everyone wants it to be. Mm. But you know, I think I think there's, there has to be acceptance on both sides that you know there's um, more than one party to blame here. You know, like oh, you say, yeah. players back in the day. You know, you hear you hear some you know ex players say that you know they they'd never got on injured or they'd play on injured because it was it was a done thing. You, you know, it was a sign of weakness if you went off injured. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I think obviously if if it is as black and white as as right, they, this club knew that this club player was injured and they forced him to play on. Hundred percent, they need to be dealt with. And I think, yeah. But I think. The players have got some sort of responsibility for this as well, because yeah. you know yeah. they they put themselves in that position as well. But then, then again, I think, yeah, it's 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 very much two side two sides of a very very horrible coin. But yeah. there's a part of me that does think that the club, we talk about a club as as a whole, as a as a as a business, as a sporting entity, has a duty of care and a responsibility to those players. First and foremost, so while they're in their jurisdiction under their care, and it, and it is because they put themselves to a, a, a physical slog four days out of seven, and that reasonable time to to, to respond to, to that as well. But so, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to pin it down to a club contracts change hands, players swap between clubs. You're there everywhere, but if it's within Wales and it's it's, it does kind of, I suppose, lie with the union. Yeah, I, th- I think that's why they've gone for unions in the case rather than individual clubs. Um, I've got two questions to you, boys. So I think, obviously, we all know the immediate risks of playing rugby in so much as, you know, broken bones, et cetera, et cetera, get knocked out. But, I mean, until five years ago, I wouldn't have made a link between... Um, cumulative concussions and dementia. Do you think any rugby player did before then? I guess is my first question. If 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 they were looking at other sports, yeah. I mean, before this came about with rugby, there was the issues with football. There's been cases of dementia with multiple headwinds of football. The the player the player players in question that were older players, players who've gone long before. But the names evade me. But there was certainly something in in football which which made this link previously. Plus, add to that, there's been links with uh, the NFL, American football, in the same thing. American football have stopped contact in training. Great move, absolutely great move. I've, I've never been much on contact in training myself, anyway. But if 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 players and and unions were looking broadly around other sports in similar connotations, they could have seen this bringing its head up sooner rather than later. That's actually something we talked about in the thread this week, isn't it? Um, maybe reduce contact sessions or eradicate them. Um, <laughs> of course, like it's, it's, re- it's vexed, isn't it? Because on the one hand, we love rugby. We don't want rugby to be under threat. And on the other hand, we love rugby players. We don't want them to have dementia in their 30s. And I think it's it's okay to sort of be not sure about what happens next really but 
Biz, maybe I'll come to you on this one, but um, I made a comment uh, in the WhatsApp group in the week that you know the same people who say the game's gone soft are the same people who pine for the days of Barry John ghosting through gaps uh, and nobody laying a finger on him. Um, any, any sort of thoughts on, on that sort of thing? Um, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it is, um, the game is, has moved on. It is, it is modern. Um, we got, we are learning lessons. There's more HIAs in the game now. Then you got, there's more HIAs in one game than there was in the whole season back in the, back in the nineties. You know what I mean? So we, we are learning. It's, it's, you know, it is getting better. It is improving. And I think, you know, is, has the game gone soft? No, it's got safer. It's, it's getting safer, you know what I mean. It's 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 moving in that direction, and it's a contact sport at the end of the day. If 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 you want to remove that contact, then so be it. But then that's not rugby, and I think you know the, these these cases are going to determine on on where it goes in future. Um, the argument the players don't know what they're getting into. I think again, it's not black and white. You, as a rugby player, you know you walk on that pitch, you put your body on the line, and it could be the last time you do it. You know whether that's you know from a collapsed scrum, you know you just look at players who've broken their back and stuff like that. It, it's a dangerous sport, so it, it's difficult to accept the dementia thing because obviously people are getting so young. Um, but it is a contact sport, and you you go through that many collisions, and it's dangerous. Yeah. What, but um, what is sorry, go on, Mikey. What, what is what is safe? I was going to say you mentioned safe air. There's like, but and no, not not be a pedantic, but like, and in a question much in a rhetorical sense. But what does safe look like? Where is safe? Like I say, a skin safer by the fact that they're lowering the tackle height. You know, so eventually it will probably get to around the waist. Hmm. But then you've got to look at the tackler. Yeah. So how how would you protect the tackler from from getting a knee to the head or yeah. or getting a foot a boot to the head? You know what I mean? It's it's a contact sport, yeah. and I think the future is going to be it's either going to be no rugby at all and we play touch rugby and no contact at all, or there's going to be players signing waivers, basically signing their rights away to actually play the game. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm that's where sure I signed the waiver begin. That came from from all this. Yeah, that's that's a tricky thing now. So um, now that rugby players are aware of the risks of brain injuries or like chronic brain injuries um yeah like you're gonna get in this position now where maybe these players in their 20s or even younger are signing away that sort of i guess part of their life really almost because you know I think you're right, but that ha- this 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 wave of stuff would have to go hand in hand with the things you've suggested, like lowering the tackle height. Um, I, I don't know. I think the big thing is probably still the size and the speed of players versus even 20 years ago. Like, you know, these are guys covering 10 meters a second, yeah. and they weigh 100 kilos. Like, it's wild. Player yeah. coaches are always going to want the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. But like I said, it's it's, it's a professional game now. So the, these players are constantly in the gym. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing more gym work than, than they are on the pitch at the moment. So they're going to have the size. They're going to have the speed. And like I say, to make that game safer, it, it's a tricky thing because it is a contact sport. Do we want to be like the NFL and everybody in pads? But I mean, that doesn't help concussions. Um, 
No, I just mean research shows that it doesn't help because it's not the obviously the impact; it's the it's the movement in the brain. Yes, it's that, the, that, that creates the concussion. It's it's the change in velocity, isn't it? Which is is the issue. Yeah. Um, but of course, like lowering the tackle height could help there because you know your your body can do a lot of the decelerating before you know your head sort of snaps back and things. So I mean, hopefully, there's that. Um, I I don't know about you, but like, see, it's, it's all so relative because like. Part of me is like, oh, but you know, there are some players getting smaller. I mean, like you think of boys like Johan Lloyd and Dupont, etc. But man, like, do Johan Lloyd's a big boy compared to me? <laughs> you know, he's of high size. He's, <laughs> no, he's, he's going to be under kilos, isn't he? The easy, first time easy I've money. seen him in real life was on on the weekend, yeah. and I was shocked. He's big, he's isn't just, he? <laughs> yeah, but the strength on him. Yeah, you know, the 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 way he got through tackles was just crazy. Like I've seen Dupont up close and personal at the Arms Park as well. Same thing. Like I mean, you, relative to you know, yeah. uh, you know, a gnarled French back row forward. Yeah, he's small, but like he's like if 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 yeah. if Anton Dupont ran into me to tackle me, I'd probably die. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think we all will. Yeah. You, you look you look at someone like Dupont, but they know who looks. Slight compared to other players. I mean, you look at Shane Williams, who looked slight compared to other other players. Yeah, and, and he probably was. But then you look at someone like Uni Antonio. You look at someone like R.G. Sneeman, Etzebeth, um, uh, Lou Diego, uh, Peter Stefatoy. You know, picking on South Africans. You like, but they're all much bigger than them on the telly. Would you be picking like, on them to their face, Mikey? Is the question? Oh God, no. <laughs> you a man? Yeah. You run a man biz. You a man biz, right? You a man. Biz, right? Yeah. You man. I got you back. <laughs> Again, going back to the going back to the main topic here, you know, you, players like Jim Hamilton and Andy Gould have come out and said, you know, that they knew what they were getting into when when then they went on that pitch. So you got the other side of the coin, and I think that's what it is. I think there's a lot of players that are on one side and a lot of players on the other side. Would but, they would they be saying something different if they were caught in the middle of this litigation? And I don't, I don't you know don't if know. you can't answer that. I, mean, I don't know if anybody in the early noughties knew that uh, you know accumulating subconcussive impacts would cause dementia later in life. Like I don't know if anyone knew that. Yeah. Like they knew yeah. they they, you know, they knew it's... they knew they were at risk of breaking a neck or uh, getting knocked out or you know suffering brain damage like that. But in terms of, by it's... the way, in twenty years you might start suffering from Alzheimer's or similar. I don't know if they would have known that. Like, There's a lot of research still to be, to, to be done. Yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of work to be done. I think players need to be honest with their coaches, with their medical staff. Yeah. And, you know, even, even to this day, you watch some games and players have been pulled off the pitch for an HIA and there's still an element of them refusing to come off the pitch. Yeah. And still, you know, saying to the ref, no, no, ref, I'm fine, I'm fine. So they've got, you know, if if a, if a doctor's pulling them off the pitch for HIA, then do it. They, they're not doing it because they don't want you on the pitch. They're doing it because of their safety. Yeah. And I think the players need to learn as well. I think a final final would... thing on this, uh, Biz, just it, it sort of ties in with um, the mental health work you guys do at the Jets. Um, I did see reported somewhere that there are 47 names not on the published list that the lawyers didn't give permission to put on there because of how it might affect those specific players' mental health. Um, And second of all, I don't know if you all saw Andrew Coombs' comments that I don't think he realized his name was going to be put out there. And of course, that's affected him 
What are you boys' yeah. uh, thoughts on just how public this is going now? There's, there's a fine line, isn't it, between... I mean, the press have got a lot to answer for as well, I think, you yeah. By publishing the list of names, were they in contact with the players, the ex-players, were they permissions? I, I've got to point um, out to this point. Uh, so the, the lawyers gave permission, and because the lawyers are representing the players, it's sort of like a... Yeah. Right. That, that's the situation there is, yeah. It's, it's, well, I think that's out of out of out of certain sets of hands, then, really, isn't it? Like, um, I mean, what what conversations have gone on behind closed doors with those players and ex-players? We we don't know, and you know, we'll probably never know when this is not our business. It's they. It's very much their their personal circumstance, which is being put in, it's being dragged through the media in some cases. But it is highlighting the fact that. It's, again, it's, it's another one of them double-edged swords. It's it's going to do as much damage as it is healing. Yep. Yeah, people are going to have their opinions, and whether their opinion is right or wrong, you always have people on either side of the coin. And to to publish all the names, in my opinion, before there's an actual outcome, I think is wrong. I think it should have been kept private until. Until things are sorted. Would, would that maybe not lend some gravity to the situation? Like, you know, we've seen the likes of the, some of them players playing international rugby. And, and, and is it then maybe a respect towards how physical the game has become? But do we need, can't we just know the number of people and how or where they played? You know, no, 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 not club wise, but, at, you know, in, in what profession, was yeah. it professional or semi professional? Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, but. I think with with names and comes comes gravity and levels of understanding because some of them players on the lists played in the, played in the early nineties and eighties, and some of them are recent retirees. That's, I think that's the, one in the middle. I think that's the scary fair, thing. I did read, sorry, go on, sorry, go on, I, I did read as well that that that's what they might be looking into is that um, this looking at splitting the names into mm. two different categories before two thousand eleven and after two thousand eleven. Well, so, what, what what about in terms of the, the the year sort of ninety five then when rugby turned professional? Would would, would that be a, a a good place to sort of break the cycle of, for the want of a better word? Because you've you've got that then that starting point of professionalism where things should have been taken more seriously, but rugby was professional in in an amateur sense. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I think so. the cutoff point they're using is when the head injury protocol came in. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I think at that point, you know. Looking back on it, you, uh, I, I'm surprised we didn't actually go, hang on, why are they suddenly so worried about this? And I think at that point, perhaps, yeah. they might have had access to data suggesting links and was starting yeah. to try and... But maybe, I don't know, I've, I'm talking my ass a bit, you, but I'm just spitballing, but... It's, it's, and, shutting the the, it's, and it's shutting the door after the horse is bolted, if that's the case, where yeah. they, they knew already and if they knew then what, what why not say then big I mean, f of course big f we need to say well, well, yeah yeah exactly you know and, and and there will always be this massive if, this massive if hanging over this particular subject yeah um but yeah i think at this point i think all we can do really is uh think about the human cost uh not forget that we love the sport and it's, it's okay not to really know exactly what to make of it i think no, like, exactly. yeah. you know, sometimes you don't need to have a strong opinion one way or the other. You you can remain confused, and quite frankly, I think that's where I am.
cool. Uh, Amen. Right, shall we do some uh, less upsetting news? Uh, Willis Halaholo is extending his stay at Cardiff at least for another month, but sounds like Mikey. Uh, I think he popped down the thread earlier. Yeah, um, good to see. I think, you know, watching a few Cardiff games where you, you've, you've, you're on the verge of sort of trying to convert me down to that, um, to, 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 to one of your bruiser, bruiser bear for fans. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I'm still trying to hold firm. Biz, do you, um, um, do you think he might have been playing a little bit like somebody who doesn't know if he's got a long-term contract sealed? Uh, I, I've always rated him, if I'm honest. Um, when he wasn't given a contract in the summer... Uh, by yourselves, first thing I said to a couple of Scars fans was, why, why don't we go in and get him? I could get him. Yeah. Because, yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, he's got no contract, might be able to get him at a lower price. Uh, but and, and that's where, financially in Wales, we're at at the moment, that yeah. no region could give him a full-term contract for the year. But I think it's probably got a lot to do with he's an international player. He's yeah, just a box the standard. Yeah, the bandings don't help. Um, the bandings so, yeah, are shit, it's, it's aren't they? Like the, the bandings are a really bad idea, I think. Yeah, massive bad, bad idea. It's, it's put it's put sort of clubs on the back foot, not being able to do anything for the play. I mean, I'm sure the Cardiff would would go up their way. I mean, Willis Hall has been a, a, a massive servant for the for, for Cardiff over the years, mm. and they would. I'm sure they would even keeping him on through his re- rehab with injury. I mean. You know, we we bought see videos and pictures of him training with Cardiff. Think, ah, yeah, he's he's not going anyway. He's coming back. Yeah, you have come back, but not necessarily maybe on his terms. You'd yeah. like to think that he's done everything he could to actually stay in Cardiff. I think and, so. I and, think there's a loyalty push, push there. For that. Yeah, because you know, you just look at George North to to France to, to Division Two. Like, you know, surely there's a French club out there that would mm. would have. Oh God, yeah, yeah. They'd be so, screaming at, even in, even in the D two. Which, which is, yeah. which is playing three hundred grand for a George North. Exactly. So, so you'd think that that loyalty should be rewarded in in some some discussion. But I suppose then again, is he attractive to an overseas club because of his cap situation and his like, injury I, I, record? What, 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 his injury record and his he he is a capped international player for Wales. There's they've almost like sort of like under 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 pricing themselves because of this circumstance. I mean, like. Yeah. The, the the players who are under twenty five caps, they you you could offer them all the money in the world, a bit in the same sense as uh, what's his name who went to Exeter uh, from the Ospreys, yeah. In a in a similar vein, but like you look at Willis Hallow, he's he's hogtied almost to staying in Wales because he's he's not an attractive prospect because he's probably still going international. Yeah, but if if he does leave, obviously he lets that international thing go because he hasn't got twenty five yeah. caps. No. But but obviously with contracts these days, you can you could put in an injury clause, you could put it in you know different clauses. So I think given you know if he if he is injury free, he's one of the first names you have on the team sheets. Yeah, I think yeah. I think and, what it mostly boils down to is he just don't want to leave Lilo. I think he wants yeah. to stick around with his so, buddy. So, in there. So, so, yeah, it sounds like it, and that's that's commendable. Uh, shall we move on? Like I'm gonna, I'm so, gonna... Go on, Mikey. No, no, go, go, no, no, go, go, go. You, you sure? Yeah, you, sure. All right, we're going to move on then to, um, well, the Braithon Thunder and the Gwalia Lightning. Um, so it's two new uh, women's teams representing Wales in an expanded Celtic challenge. Uh, so for anyone who's not in the know and until an hour ago, I'd have included myself in that list. The Celtic Challenge is a 
women's sort of club competition between Irish, Scottish, and Welsh teams. Last year, the Welsh teams didn't really have any branding, did they? It was basically, well, we took, I, I think, um, Rucked Mag uh, did a little bit of a look at last year's kits, and it was basically an unbadged Wales training yeah. jersey. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, this year, you've got, yeah, the, the Brython Thunder playing out of Parker Scarlet's, uh, and the Gwalia Lightning playing out of uh, Cardiff Arms Park. Um Quite an interesting tournament, this lads. It's um, I think it's five rounds and then three playoff rounds. Um, do you know what? I'm a sucker for good branding, and this is ensnared me. What were you? What are you thinking? Nah, <laughs> I've seen the logos. I've seen the logos, and personally, if I was asked to wear something like that, my initial thought of this: Wow, are they trying to make me into a bloody Marvel superhero? Up, yeah. yeah. All right. No, um, I, I think it's a bit. I don't like. I don't like it. There's, there's, there's better off. They, they could have done it a bit better. Maybe call them East or West Wales just to, to get them out there. Um, I, mean, I think, I think you're doing them a bit of a disservice there, Michael. Um, I think in Wales, especially, obviously, women's rugby is. Again, underfunded, and you know it's yep, yep, it's yep, been yep. it's been left in the gutter for a long time. And you know the fact that they're putting some effort into it, you know, not everyone's going to be <sighs> on the branding. Is, but, is, uh, it, is we, it the right we, we should we should have called one of them the Warriors, I think. Yeah, I think so. But <laughs> is it is it the right amount of effort in the right area? I mean, they, God knows how much they were spent on this branding, right? When they could have just used branding they've already got made up. Three budget, three feathers, east and west. I kind of like it. It's got the same. I, I, I'm yet to be convinced. I on my first view of it, I was like, nah, I don't like this. I'm, I'm, I'm really, but, ex- oh. I'm really excited to see the kits. Oh, and uh, hey, the first game is between the Thunder and the Lightning on New Year's Day at a to be confirmed stadium. I'm, I, 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 I damn, I hope they televise this because. So that is, is be, that going to be who's the home team? Because the home team will probably dictate where the game is going to go. And the, the uh, West are playing Park Scarlet and the East yeah, are playing so in the Arms Park. The, the Scarlet's based Brython Thunder are down as the first team. So I'm assuming they'll be the home team. Uh, but yeah, the stadium is still to be confirmed. But oh man, I'm, I'm not doing anything New Year's Day. No, I am. It's Osprey's Cardiff, isn't it? Um, yeah, all right. Well, hopefully they'll have her on to the clubhouse in the wreck. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I I quite like this. It looks it looks nice, neat, and tidy. The, the rugby. Let's this. I mean, just to focus a bit more on the rugby. Like, you know, I they this, they're going to do a good job because there's there's more professionalism now within Wales with the the contracts from the top down, and the the girls no doubt are going to go out and give them give them an incredible account of themselves, which yeah. which they, which they will. Because they of that professional ilk now, but I hope he doesn't get overshadowed by the fact that, of, of of the of the of the branding mm. when it could have been a lot simpler and a lot more straightforward. We'll uh, we'll I I think we'll have to take a straw poll next time we're out and see what people think of the branding lads. Uh, right, we we've not got a lot much time left before our first enforced break. Uh, Scarlett's got a new sign-in. Um, now, I had written down his name on the aforementioned notes, boys, but uh, I've lost those. Anyone can any, Did anyone commit the guy's name to memory? 
Edwin Swart. There you go. Uh, tell us about Mr. Uh, Swart. Signed from uh, the Curry Cup winners, the Pumas, last last season. Um, looks looks de- looks a decent shape. It's hefty <laughs> for a hooker. You know, he's, got... he's got the same shape neck as Camille Shat. We've got um, obviously big concerns over Ken Owens and whether we'll see him in the jersey again. So, and with other prospects out injured already this season, he's, he's come in at a perfect time. He does he's look like until a... the end of the season. He does look like an immovable object, doesn't he? He's... Yeah, he's been signed to the end of the season. 115 kegs. Bloody so, hell. So, you know, he's decent, Wait, <laughs> decent not... signing by the looks of it. Cardiff don't have to play Scarlet's again this season, do we? No, we've already beaten twice. <laughs> got, got, got away with that one, then. Uh, no, I was going to say, because Belcher versus this guy, there'd be, <laughs> there'd be some Ooh, height problems oh, in the scrum. <laughs> I'd like to see Belcher have a go at him, see. I think he'd do a good job. But yeah. um, I think it's just another South African in Wales, really. Like, isn't it? I mean, we've seen this over the last few weeks. Like, what, what's the undertone? What's, what's, the, what's the story here? Like, you know, the Australians have gone and signed three South Africans of late. Cardiff signing Tina Stabia. Now, uh, the Scarlets signing the South African hooker. It's not, not, of course, they're not the only South Africans that have, that have come across Wales, of course. Like, you know, we could look back through the annals and, and find a lot more. But again, I think, I think we could. Dissect this sort of uh, topic for a long time as well, but you know, with without a a professional, you know, professional competition below the regional setup, it's very difficult for Premiership players to be just come through straight like that 100%. into the regions. I think it's so entirely. To... I think it's entirely down to the level the Curry Cup is. It's it is yeah, that exactly. sort of level that's between the URC and the Welsh Prem. Just so happens yeah, it's in South that's... Africa. And that's the difference. I think if you if you put players straight from the Prem into into the URC, you're asking for trouble. I'm not saying that you can't, because the, the, you know there will be exceptions, but you know the, the the gulf in standards is is too big. Is it a fact then that because the South African teams are playing in URC, do you think it's easier for them to be brought over? And now, let's let's not forget now Pumas, where both Edwin Swart and Tina Stabia come from, are not in those URC teams. I don't, I, think, I don't think it's that. I think you look at you know the history. We've had plenty of Africans playing in, in, in Wales, you know, from Percy Montgomery years ago to Werner Kruger. You know, there's, there's lots of Africans that's, that's been you know around. Harold so. Dirksen, yeah. Bobby Skinstad, Bradley Roberts, Bradley Roberts, Gary Teichman. I, th- I think it's mostly it's, a case yeah. with the South African teams that they are just rich enough not to have to rely on Curry Cup players, really, and those yeah. who are. Do you, do you, Immediately, obviously, URC level just get fast tracked into the South African teams. I think. So exactly. n- n- another point, maybe. Do we envisage players from Wales making the trip the other way? Nah, not nah. at all. There's barely enough there to come. Well, no, it's, in Wales. no it's, it, it's 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 a question that's got to be on the table because we're taking with one hand and not giving but with the other. But back, it goes back to the standard of, of competition below the URC. Yeah. So do for, we farm? So do we farm out our our fringe players then from the regions? Send them to the Kerry Cup for a developing well, round. They, they bring tend them back to after three years where they've been just, jabbed up with all sorts of gear and battered the because, fuck because out of. Because they're, they're our squad players for the URC. So yeah. the, the players who are good enough from the from the Premierships, hey, are the your, your squad players in the in the regions as it stands. Yeah. So and anyone that's not good enough won't make it. They go to Jersey. So well. Or- yeah. I guess not anymore, well, don't they? Yeah, but, yeah. but, but then they get good enough. Then they get good enough after going to Jersey. Yeah. 
Well, and they come back. That's sort of the Osprey strategy here, isn't it? It's more like an exchange program of the South African teams. Um, yeah. So who knows, actually, Mikey? Maybe, maybe you're onto something there. Right, boys, I'm going to put an end to part one there. Uh, when we come back, we'll do last weekend and uh, next weekend. So, yeah, we'll uh, catch you in a bit. Ta-ra. All right, welcome back, everyone. I uh, don't know about you, Biz, but during that break, I went and put my bins out. It's, uh, it's bin night. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't know where Mikey's gotten to. He's not back yet, but I'm, I'm sure he'll join us now while we're recording. So, yeah, we uh, we need to talk about the weekend, don't we? Um, so, I think maybe we'll start with the Ospreys game against Benetton. I know you caught that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess just broad thoughts, really. Um, so... The Ospreys look good. They went out there with a weakened side. I say weakened. They, mm. They've got a decent squad there, but they did change things up from uh, from the game that they beat the Scarlets. Mm. And um, they, against Benetton, who have been doing exceptionally well this year, you know, they, they took it to them. It was a bit of a dismal night to be playing rugby in, but they, they looked the better side for 60 minutes of the game. Yeah, uh, we you know, do. They, they took it. Sorry, go on, Biz. Yeah, they they took their try well. Um, obviously, Max Nagy uh, took his try well. He's you know seems to be a decent prospect, and you know they counterattacked and they, they they took the lead. And the last twenty minutes, they just seemed to fall apart. They you know they didn't hold on to the ball, and the aimless kicking just just cost it for them in the end. They yeah. uh, put a few out on the full and ended up losing the game to a. Last five minute try. So we would say in the week. Like, sorry, go on, George. Mike, yeah, yeah, sorry, but I was going to say uh, I was going to welcome you back because uh, we nope. started without you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And yeah, I was going to let you know we talk about the Ospreys, but I feel like you've uh, you figured that out by yourself. <laughs> so yeah, crack on. Yeah, sort of s- s- snuck in through the back door there. Eh? Really? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, um, I've lost my train of thought now. Toby Booth, you talk <laughs> um, about Toby Booth. Yeah, to- Toby, yeah. Toby Wolf said in the week that there was going to be a lot of changes, and I can't help but feel that this was forced by the fact that they've got Benetton this week in Europe. Wild, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, is... yeah, yeah, and you know, it's not the first time we've seen this, and it's, and I like, I like that. That's one of my, that's that's a bit of a rugby I like because you can play the same team two weeks on the bounce, send one team away, and sort of give a good account, but in the other hand, send. You know, keep your keep your, your first team players back to make sure that you win that high higher profile game. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, uh, there's no that's, there's not much jeopardy in the league as it is, apart from finishing in the top eight for the Champions Cup. But all the teams are going to be in Europe regardless. Yeah, I think yeah. in the, in the past, you know, the Challenge Cup um, has been looked down upon, and for the Welsh regions, it's, it's their level, in my yep. opinion. Hundred percent, and you know they 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 should be aiming for that, in my opinion. Sending a weekend side out when you got a big game the following week was the right decision for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, they, they should be putting all their eggs in that basket because at the end of the day, it's still a European competition. You look at some of the sides in that Challenge Cup now, mm. and it's you know it's a decent competition in, in its own right. The, the the level is is rising, isn't it? Across the board, the standard yeah. of, of rugby across. Europe is isn't what it used to be. I mean, you could well, you, look, you could guarantee go away. Welsh, yeah, you look at the Welsh teams at the moment, and we, we you know, the, the simple fact is we can't compete with the likes of Saracens, Leinster, you know, the Rassins of this world. We, we can't. So 
I'd rather be in a competition where we got half a chance mm. than no chance. Yeah, he says in the Champions Cup. No, no, like, like say, it, you know, look at look at Cardiff. They won it, won it in the past. It's, it's a, it's a good competition. Oh, uh, and I tell you what, like that that Bill Bow game, um, Garen Smith winning the penalty that Anscombe then kicked. Like I was watching that in the Arms Park on a, on the big screen. It was class. Like, yeah. like I was such a soft spot for that tournament. Exactly. So everyone wants to be in the Champions Cup. Don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to be there. It's the, it's the pinnacle of rugby in, in, in Europe. Mm. You know, you, you want to be there, but you want to compete as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard. And you're right, boys. Like, the moment can't both. Yeah. And when you get to the knockout stages in the Challenge Cup, there are some serious fucking teams. Yeah. Um. So, Mikey, you had more of a chance to watch the Dragons game on the weekend. Uh, never lost on their tour of South Africa. <clears throat> any any sort of talking points there for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they give a of themselves this week. Mm. Support previous week. Um but I think there's they, they looked like a team possessed. They looked they started off well. Aaron Wainwright score uh, making a making a break uh, resulting in a score um and Scores come in there after, but it was like, you know, even the Dragons even went up. Oh, they go. No, sorry, they went down. A Roddy Jones uh, for the for the opening ten, and they looked like they they looked better with fourteen than they did with fifteen, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. But it happens. Teams pull together. I mean, been in plenty of situations like that myself where you start off with less than fifteen and you start winning the game, and then you end up with with parity and um, end up losing the game. It's ridiculous. Rugby's a funny old sport like that. But um, there, there were some telling points, like counter-attacking wise, uh, the Lions uh, unpicked the Dragons quite comprehensively uh, and took their chances well when um, when they could. I mean, they t- on two occasions they did the Dragons make an error, and they end up uh, the Lions end up going eighty meters up the other end of the pitch and scoring. I mean, at the moment I don't see any of the Welsh regions making that kind of net gain. In a turnover situation, um, you could look at in, in in you could look at Leinster would could could do that, but not um, not many teams in Wales are looking like that at present. When when you play the same game on the same park at the same time, but um, I think Dragons tried to keep themselves in it, but the, the Lions just got away from. Them. And let's not forget they're a fortnight like like Scarlets were earlier in the season. A fortnight in South Africa, I mean, it's, it's hard. At the moment, for the regions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. may not they may not have have the players available to them that they'd want. But at the same time, it's 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 good for the squad players who they've sent there to to get that experience. I mean, they'll have learned a lot and learned about themselves, the environment, and and how to play under them conditions. I, I was thinking about this the other day, and mm. as, as at the moment, obviously, it's not it's not a good look for Wales, but. These youngsters, you know, that have been forced into the squads and forced into these games, it's only going to, you know, if, if they can kick on with potential that they've actually got, it can only be good for Wales if if they do kick yeah. on. You know, th- there's a lot of youngsters in all four of them squads, and it can only make, you know, us stronger as teams eventually. By being, you know, you look at where just before Scarlets won the league, you know, back in 2017, they were forced into playing. A, 
a raft of youngsters because there was no money there for, for new signings. And for the first two seasons, they were dreadful, you know, big losses. But then when they came together, they won the league. So, there's, you know, the potential is there to, to have the, the, the good progression. But fingers crossed it happens. I think that that progression has to be relative to the other teams as well. So, of course, like, yeah, of course, youngsters will progress by playing more increasingly difficult fixtures. However, I guess how fast any of the opposition progress in. I think it's what we see with Italy, like Italy in the Six Nations. Italy get better, but not at the rate of the other teams, I guess. Yeah. Italy remind me of the Dragons, really, because they always show that promise but it always peters out. Yeah. And it's like, where's it going to come from? <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally then for the weekend, I mean, we've said it before, and how many weekends are they going to be like this where the only Welsh winner comes from a derby match? Uh, we had uh, Scarlet Stone at the Arms Park, as we've alluded to earlier in the episode, Biz, we were there. Uh, Mikey, from an yep. outside point of view, did, did you manage to watch it on the TV? Or were you I, still too busy with Santa? I, too busy with Santa, man. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I did manage to watch it. I think the Dragons game was on the same time. And um, for the benefit of the pod, I thought I'd cover that for the boys instead. That's the way, but, um, yeah. Look, look, looking at, I mean, I didn't have seen the, the game at all. I mean, I've seen, seen the red card, and mm. I disagree. Um, I think Dan Davis was in the air. Ellis Jenkins was unfortunate to catch him how he was. If Dan Davis is on the floor, I don't think Ellis Jenkins makes that kind of tackle. I don't think, yeah, I don't think fortune can come into these things. Now, I've got no qualms with tip tackles being red cards, uh, regardless of what you intended to do. It's it's reckless. My issue is there only ever seems to be Cardiff open sides who get redded for it. (laughs) Is that a case of sour grape series? To to be fair, Fafita got got red red carded last season for some That's the end. There goes that theory then. I feel your pain on that one, but but yeah, for me it was a red. You know, you look back at it, and the the, the only angle you get is from behind. So it's, it's obviously you can only see it in landing on his top of his shoulders, but he's obviously had to tuck his head in, yeah, to to brace for the yeah. impact. And there, there was no you argument know, on the so stands. Like we we were all, I think, like the no. Cardiff fans around me, we were all thinking, oh, this is going to be a red," um, or like yeah. we were like probably hoping for a yellow and. We might have gone away with one, but it's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, like Ellis Jenkins had been talked up as being like the calm, beating heart of the team, especially after that video of him went a little bit viral. Uh, did, did you guys see that where he was, where he was, he was yeah, wrecked yeah, up? And he, yeah. I, I feel like Cardiff missed that, especially with all the hype behind him. I think he was expecting to have I a think, big game again. I, I think there's there's a notion behind the fact that he's not a dirty player that it shouldn't have been a red. And that can't come into it. He's not. I, a good yeah, don't think it matters. And he didn't do it on purpose. <clears throat> of course, he didn't. But you got to look at the dynamics as well. Yeah. Dan Davis didn't jump into the tackle. He was jumping over a player on the ground. Yeah. So and and Ellis got up off the floor after making the tackle straight away. And it's just unfortunate he's gone above the horizontal. He's yeah. turned. His legs are pointing to the sky. There's, there's no. There's no discussion there for me. It, it was a red. And it yep. was unfortunate. It yeah. was just yeah. unfortunate. It wasn't malicious. I mean, I think there's mitigation for you, for yellow. A high degree yellow, of course. But... I, I think it's mitigation for the ban after the game. 
Yeah. But I don't think it's mitigation not to be a red. Go, going back to like the new segment, these things have to be red cards. Like you can't be this reckless with head and neck. Um, and, you know, bless him. He, but yeah, from what we can gather, he was trying very hard to make a tackle after he'd made one, but in doing so, he exactly. probably wasn't completely in control of the situation. Um, again, yeah, as we say, not malicious, but a bit dull, yeah. I think is where we are. I got to say though, man, the uh, Gareth Davis and Johnny Williams linked up like a fucking treat a couple of times for your tries. Honestly, being a Scarlet's fan, it's 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 hard. You know, you, you, we, <laughs> the, the, previous week, the previous week we get absolutely stuffed by the by our closest rivals, the Ospreys. I, I'm thinking, I'm I'm coming down to that game on Saturday and thinking, why am I even going? Yeah. And after 14 minutes, I'm thinking to myself, right, let's just go. Home. Let's just go home because <laughs> we we didn't for the first 14 minutes we looked atrocious. Yeah, and and to come back into it was just something special. And yeah, I, like you called it, Reese. Alex, I, I thought Cardiff by twelve, and you know, make it make sense because I, I just don't understand where it came from. I think we but, we suffer from being favourites. Like we don't like it. I think that's a big part yeah. of it. You guys kind of like being written off, uh, unless you do scarlet things. I think like the pressure's off. <laughs> yeah, so you can, you can just do wacky things. And I, I feel like like. Some of our more senior players, like Thomas Williams, did some really silly things in that. Like, remember, there's a weird crossfield kick he did at one point for yeah. no reason. Um, it's because he doesn't know if he's nine or ten anymore. <laughs> it's just, yeah. the, the biggest thing for me in the game, I think, obviously, 14 0 down, and it was a bit of, right, we've got nothing to lose here. And yeah. Garth Davis obviously took a bit of scruff on the neck. Johan Lloyd, again, best game. In the Scarlet jersey, yet he impressed me. He, he really un- did. Yeah, he was unplayable at times. You know, playing out of his own twenty-two, mm. he made. I think it was eighty meters. You know, the, the uh, resulting lineup was down in your twenty-two. Yeah, and yeah, it, it was it was good to watch. And it's like that. That's the thing with Scarlet's when they got nothing to lose. Basically, they just yeah. go for it. And it, it, we we've chatted about this off air as well. It, it was it was weirdly flat for a near sellout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the Scarlets fans, I don't think really got the typical singing going. Despite my best efforts, we didn't get many Cardiffs going. Um, yeah, there's like, like yeah. again, I watched the Stormers game on the on the telly the week before, and that last twenty minutes, the the crowd won you the game because they know, got they got the team up for it. Maybe it is a Friday yeah. night thing. Maybe everyone's had a few beers beforehand and uh, they're yes. a bit more raucous. Yeah, um, yeah I maybe. think that's the case. It's a uh... But I yeah, like the crowd I... got behind you, and it was, it was, it was a lift. It was a big lift, and it wasn't there Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Cardiff games on a Friday are becoming a a, a joy to watch. Yeah, it's, it is fun down there. I gotta admit, um, it doesn't eat your whole Saturday up. I know a lot of people like a Saturday afternoon kickoff, but oh, I'm starting to develop a taste for Friday night rugby. I don't. Know. I do like a Friday. I do like Friday night lights. Yeah. Friday night lights are, are good. Like say we, As, I go up to Gloucester a few times on a Friday, yeah. and it uh, it is good. It is good. I think it's, it's all right from personal perspective if you can have a few beers in and around the environment of a match day on a Friday night. Mm. That helps a lot. I think. I mean, like you're at the end of the working week, you could have had a your head could be in a shed, and there's nothing like getting, being able to sort of shut your laptop off or come home from work on a Friday and go right. That's it for the weekend. Yeah. Let's get on to some big smoke and let's have a few si- a few shandies. Let's go watch and Cardiff. Arms Park is the is the perfect venue for a Friday night game. Yeah, 
Yeah. Perfect venue. Uh, I, I bet the uh, publicans around the ground really enjoy us having Friday night games, for sure. Well, what's your thoughts on uh, on your 10 then, Reese? Because I think you were a decent 10 short of a, uh, of a win Saturday because... He's he's hot. He's hot and cold. Like he's every now and then, right? He'll do these things where he seems like he's got loads of time on the ball, and he'll do like a pass that nobody saw. He'll do a really accurate crossfield kick for for territory and to be regathered. Um, but yeah. then on the other hand, he'll miss touch and he'll he'll miss sticks. Um, when when Belcher went off, who who was captain? Good question, but um, oh. Potentially Thomas Williams. He sometimes takes the reins. Um, but I yeah, also, I also found it bizarre that you went, that you made the decision to go for posts at nine points down in the last ten minutes mm. when you needed a try. Um, you, you you had to have you had to get two scores and a try a converted try was one of them. I think. Why, why wouldn't you go for that? In hindsight, of course, we needed the try and we needed the penalty and we were being given the penalty there and then. In hindsight, I'm wondering if, the, the, let's say we get a pushover try from a line-out, that would put more pressure on the Scarlets than the six-point buffer. And... I think the tactics from the outside looking in look like that. If, you, if, you, if you're down by eight, say, I don't know the scores at the time, mm. or you can pinch three... Then you get a kick return. And well, it there's the losing 20... bonus point as well, which I fear was yeah. the yeah. thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was 29 20, 20 at the time, wasn't it? And you opted for posts and yeah. he missed. He that's missed right. In front of the ah. yeah. And then it was like, right, we had another penalty two minutes down the line and then you went for post again. So, yeah, yeah I think it was one of them games. Like I said, I, I wasn't expecting to win and I was obviously chuffed to, to get yeah, to win. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But, you know, going into next week, starting well, Europe. What a segue. <laughs> Liam Bisprice of his uh, <laughs> first Forbidden Love Rugby podcast segue there. Yeah, uh, as you say, uh, URC is now on ice. Uh, we are going into European rugby, round one. Start with a challenge, Cap, then. So this weekend, we've got Scarlet away to Castra, uh, Ospreys, Bennett on doubleheader, Mark II, uh, and Dragons away to Oyanar. Oyanar? How are you boys saying that? Dragons are home to Oyanax, I would call it. You're doing the X, you? Yeah, I'm doing the X. I, I'm going with the Oyana as they would come yeah. across in in yeah. French, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Did I tell you the story about um, a colleague I had from Toulon and I was trying to explain to him once the card for playing POW? And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said, uh, <laughs> you, you coming down the Arms Park on the weekend? He said, why? He said, well, card for playing POW. He went, he's a big Toulon, Toulon fan. He said, who? I said, Pow. I said, what do you mean, pow? I said, pow. I said, oh, bo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I don't really try and pronounce French team names anymore. Um, I think you've done all right, but I'll, I'll roll with you with that one. So, yeah, we, we'll go to Biz first. I mean, you've got at uh, quarter past three on Saturday, you've got Castra, uh, the third in the top 14 after nine rounds as well. Uh, how are you feeling about it? I, again, it's it's at the moment. I have no idea. I think um, historically we've gone to France and we've 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 pulled out you know a fair few results. We don't uh, don't normally do too bad out 
there. And I think this time last year when we went into um, the European competition, we were, I think, lost every game going into the competition and then went top of the group, didn't lose a game. So, you know, it's been decent for us as a competition. And hopefully this year is no difference. Um, cast an unknown proposition at the moment. You know, like you say, they're third in the league, which you look at the teams in the top 14, you think, how? So, hmm. But they must be playing some decent rugby to be where they are. So, you know, they've they got to be firm favourites. Yeah, stop lying to yourself. I know exactly how this is going to go. Go on. Oh, Castro going to pull your pants down and show your skitties off. Uh, you could be true. You could be right, Michael. Oh, this book then... could be about it. I've got the crystal ball out, and I can predict. <laughs> and I you can predict. You can predict. You also predicted that Clermont would beat us in the quarterfinals last year, Michael. So <clears> your <throat> predictions aren't, you know, very good. I hadn't. I hadn't charged the crystal ball up. See, I didn't. <laughs> no. I, I didn't plug it in overnight. Change the batteries now, have you? Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. It's, it's one of those games. We're, we're more than capable of winning, but you know they are where they are for a reason. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, if this sort of run of form of theirs in the top 14 is a little bit unexpected, whether or not they actually give a shit about the Challenge Cup. I mean, a lot of the time the French teams don't. And if they're no. doing well in the league or really poorly in the league, sometimes that's a distraction. At, if you look at the competition last year, Bayonne were in a similar position. And because they were in the Challenge Cup, they, they didn't care about it. They put the... The, the veg out, you know what I mean, and then uh, we went away to them and we beat them. So, the, the you know with the top fourteen teams do prioritise the league because it's much much bigger for them to to do that over the Challenge Cup. So we'll it'll be interesting to see what sort of side they put out. Then again, do you think La Rochelle they win in the Champions Cup last year? Do you think that might have changed the narrative within the clubs in France? Not for the, Not Challenge, for the Challenge Cup. Cup. If 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 Cast were at the bottom of the league, then they would put the veg out because it's a massive thing to be relegated in in France, and they'd be concentrating on the league. And the fact they're at the top, they, you know, they might feel the same. But yeah. it, it all depends. If they were mid-table, I think they might think this is our best shot at something. Yeah. Who's in the Champions Cup? Then? Who's? In oh, we come on to that in a bit. No, we come on to that in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apologies. All right, yeah, sorry. I forgot about that one. Of course, I <laughs> keep in mind. Apologies. Keep in mind how to dry there, Mikey. Uh, oh, God, here we go. Yeah, we, we've sort of covered Osprey's Benetton in Swansea. Uh, that's half past five. Um, also, Saturday, all these games are Saturday. Osprey's 11th, Benetton 6th. Uh, spicy, I suppose. <laughs> Grudge match almost. Yeah, yeah I, think, um, I think the Ospreys will do this one. I think they'll pull out the bag. Uh, they will be short of a of an operator at fullback, mm-hmm. but um, no doubt they'll make contingency plans. I mean, to be without Max Nagy, but and I, I'll stand by my words I put on Twitter, which were rinsed. Um, I think Nagy's got the potential to be a cap. But uh, going back to the fixture at hand, yeah, I think uh, a very savvy move by uh, both the Osprey's coaching staff to. I'm not saying send a depleted squad out, but uh, call it rotation, as they did. Uh, the... Ro- rotate the squad to a degree that didn't maybe let much away from uh, the, the the master plan. At the very least, yeah, as you say, he he's kept his powder dry there. Um, tactically, I suppose he can mix things up. 
But then, of course, you know, Benetton will have watched Ospreys play a lot this season in preparation. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I wonder how dry one can keep one's powder. Uh, yeah, interesting game, this. Look, you, look at some of the results, you look at some of the results that Benetton have picked up already this year. Mm. They're not the, the team that they used to be. No. Um, I, do, I do think Ospreys will take a close game. Mm-hmm. You know, with the home factor and with the fact that if a couple of their big name players are have been rested, but I don't think it'll be as simple as just turn up and win. Yeah. Now, Dragons Oyuna, Oyuna. Uh, I think Oyuna will be one of these teams actually who really don't want to be there. Uh, you know, yep. they they are on sixteen points in eleventh in the top fourteen. Um, Although to be fair, that does put them eight, nine points clear of relegation. Montpellier, uh, fucking bottom. This they were up there two years ago. Didn't they what win it? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, fuck my boots. Like the the top forty is mad in there. Um, <laughs> see, fuck my boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I don't know if I I you know, see themselves in a relegation. Battle because Perpignan and Montpellier are, are, are head and shoulders the worst, or foot and ankles the worst. Um, so I don't know, man. I think Dragons at home will be fancy in this, yeah. and, and they're going to want to bounce back after the last fortnight. Mm. They're going to want a serious, yeah, yo yo out of a situation they found themselves in. Oh, you know, if they can put out a good team, I think, uh, yeah, I think this could be on. I think this, this could be a yeah. Well, it could it could be the, the shot in the arm the dragons need. I think we um, said this ex- exact same to, to thing last fair, year. Right? Yeah, I think to, so. To be fair, they are they are obviously in a lowly position of eleventh. Mm. They've picked up a decent a few decent results this year. You know, they've mm. beat Clermont, they've beaten La Rochelle, they've beaten Lyon. So the the wins yeah, that have, the wins have that they, they have had. Have they been home games for Oyonado? I shall tell you now, Michael. Because there's, sure. a, there's a there's a bit around French teams and winning their home games and just going, oh, Leno, when it comes to the away games. <laughs> no, I, I, I fully understand that. But uh, so they have they've beaten Lyon at home. Yep. And they've beaten La Rochelle at home. Yeah. And they beat Clermont away. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the first two wins were in the World Cup, so they may have been missing players. But still... You know, decent wins, and it depends on how they approach the game. Like those, like those are f- yeah, three really interesting fixtures. I think they're in the Challenge Cup. Like, and they one after the other as well. You could watch them all. Uh, yeah. So yeah, jobs are good. I the- I'll be playing Saturday, so I'll miss that oh, Scarlet's game. Who've you got? Such a shame. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's uh, Rodvelin away. I believe. Oh, that he's could on, he's on your turf, uh, Biz. <laughs> yeah. I'll- I'll be far away from him in the, the big city of London. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Um, I was about to say, I might come and pop, pop down to watch that, but I've, uh, I've got one of many various Christmas meals that Saturday, so uh, I think I'm going to have to be watching the Cardiff game on my phone in the in the restaurant. Try not to drop soup down your shirt, mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Toulouse away. For Cardiff in the Champions Cup, sixth place Toulouse, twelfth place Cardiff. There's snowflakes chance in hell we're winning that one. As far as I'm concerned, a bit more, bit more belief, please. Come on, a bit more belief in your boys. Come on, 
mean, Harlow Hollow's contract has been extended at the end of the year. I mean, he's going to be on, he's going to be buzzing. Did, did didn't we say that this time last year when you know you had was it last year you you had to lose or the year before? It was there was You'd the weird you. there was the weird yeah, Champions that... Cup year where we had a COVID depleted squad and we had to play yeah. Toulouse with a bunch of boys from Aberavon. And... <laughs> That's the one. That's the yeah. one. So you know, bit of belief, bit of bit of bit of thing. Obviously, Clues going is massive favourites. Yeah, but you know you. You beat the Stormers the other week. Uh, last week, you can't say it's a derby. You can go either way. But, you know, you have got a squad there that what, play for each other and, and, and fight for each other. So, never say never, but it's going to be a tough ask. What I want to see, I mean, if you re- whatever happens, is just everybody giving a shit, you know? Yeah. None, of, none of this Sorry, heads down. See. Just everybody just fired up. You're into it. Like Josh Adams caught this week, and he's done Josh Adams thing. He's been really, really stirring me up for this. Uh, and that's what I want. That's all you can ask for in this tournament. Just be a bunch of our old bastards and then, you know, you don't have to play in a knockout games. You can just concentrate in the league after. That's, that's where I am with it. Nobody gave Australia a chance last year against the English champions and the French champions and look what they did. So, yeah. you know, go in with a bit of belief and anything can happen. Mm. But let's be honest, not every team in that competition has a Reese Henry. This is true. This is true. Uh, Mikey, we're going to answer your previous question here about who's actually in both tournaments. Uh, should we start with the Challenge Cup? Because, um, yeah, it's probably worth a bit of an overview. Now, the, the tournament format changes all the bloody time, doesn't it? So I, I'm not actually sure how the pool stages work this year. Yeah, I'm not so worried about that. It's just um, who's, who's, who's watered away. So we've got, I don't think they know. Yes, yeah, so we've got Claremont <laughs> and Edinburgh, uh, Zebra and Cheetahs. Uh, Black Lion, who are a Georgian team. They're not based in Landaff. Um, Gloucester, of course, Biz. Uh, Sharks yep. and Poe. Castor and Scarlet, Ospreys and Bed and Dragons are in there. Uh, Perpignan and Lions and Newcastle and Montpellier. Um, yeah, there are some big old fucking names there. Yeah. Doesn't um, he sniff that? Yeah. Shame you don't, you see, you don't get a away trip to Georgia, you were saying, Biz? No, um, I currently planned in for a trip to Clermont in the new year. Nice. Um, but I was hoping, so we got, in our group, we've, uh, Scarlet's have got um, Gloucester, Edinburgh, Black Lion, uh, and Clermont. There we go. And, and Castra, and Cast. So the way they work the fixtures is you need a rock, rocket science degree. Mm-hmm. To actually work out how. Oh, you got two of them, Avenue. You got two of them, Avenue. Still not uh, good enough for, to work out this draw, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. So we there's four games uh, out of a pool of six, I think it is, or a pool of yeah, something like that, and we miss out on playing uh, Gloucester and oh, um, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, what would you have done then? Where do, you, where do your loyalties lie there then, Liam? My loyalties will always be with the Scarlet Swiggle. Always. <laughs> oh, yeah. you are it. Listeners can't see a shake of the head from Mike either. You are a fickle old individual, uh, I, let me tell you. I'm telling you what it'd be. No, no, let me tell you what it'll be, right? You'll have your Scarlet jersey on, you have a bloody Gloucester hoodie on, right? So no. this is what'll happen. This is what would have happened, right? I'm telling you now. Whoever was winning at the end of the game, you either whip your jacket off or keep it bloody on. 
No, me, you're me a fickle individual. Talking, me and Reese were talking about this on the weekend as it happens. Right? Mm. So, so <laughs> although I do have a season ticket for both, um, going to Gloucester, I enjoy the game. I enjoy watching the game of rugby life. <laughs> and although, you enjoy watching Gloucester, I mean, and, and, as, as opposed although, to not enjoying watching yeah. the Scarlets. And although <laughs> I do like to see them win, you don't get that feeling that you do with your home club. You know, Scarlet's, <laughs> Scarlet's, the Scarlet's, you know, game always affects my mood. Gloucester <laughs> <Foster> doesn't. <laughs> oh, both Scarlet's games on Sundays, please. It'll spoil his movie. Thanks uh, very much. Let's, let's quickly have a look at the uh, Champions Cup teams before we do our Forbidden Loves. And uh, we might be able to side off. Uh, so we got, yeah, Glasgow, Northampton, Connaught, Bordeaux, Toulon, Exeter, Bath, Ulster, Toulouse, Cardiff. Bulls, Saris, Munster, Bayonne, Bristol, Lyon, Sale, Stade Francais, La Rochelle, La Rochelle, Leinster this weekend, boys. <laughs> Leicester, Stormers, uh, Racine, Quinns. Uh, Jesus Christ, that's a that's a who's who, who, who plays rugby. Imagine coming out top of that pile, like <laughs> it's and and that's the thing. Like, say for a Welsh team to be in that competition, it's it's terrifying. <laughs> You know, being at the top table is always great, but with the resources, the finances, and the squads that we got at the moment, we can, yeah. we physically can't compete with it. Yeah. Well, we got Bath at home the weekend after this. That'll be a, that'll be a lot of fun. Hope like that's the one game I think we can realistically target for a win. But we'll uh, we'll see. You think that's going to be a rehash of the Saracens, the Sale game, even from last year? I'll be heckling you know, the shit out of Finn Russell. He's getting it. Yes. <laughs> He's yeah. getting it all barrels. Like, I'm going to start coming up tonight. You're looking tired, number 10. You're looking tired, number 10. Yeah. He'd be shushing the, uh, the North Terrace like he I know. Shed. He's a bastard. Like, he, he loves this. He is a problem. Maybe he'll just be like, <laughs> don't say anything. Yeah. All right, buddies. We've got, we've got a few minutes left then. Uh, does anyone have any forbidden loves? Yeah. I mean, well, mine last week was uh, seeing the Ospreys throw the game away. So, uh, <laughs> you Philistine, just just for Mikey, that one is that's a Philistine. Uh, mine was predicting correctly the, the Scarlet's win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mikey, uh, you my, got one, or you, yeah, uh... my, my, mine was the aneurysm I need to, I need to give myself yesterday. Uh, we had, we had some we had some off <laughs> debates. Um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll cover that in some detail at some time. But, uh, we need to. We really need the, the deep it's, dive it's an, on that. It's, it's an off-season episode, that is, I think. Um, but a deep dive is needed nonetheless. And I think we need an impartial an, an impartial seat here and let's open the floor up to I th- to, to, to someone to come and... and, and, and I think, I think I, I th- Mikey can have a whole podcast of his own for yeah, just that subject. I, th- I think that should between, be one more. Between, yeah, between that and the demise of the Warriors, set me up. <laughs> we, we, should, um, we should definitely throw one in the room together as well. So... Uh, yeah. yeah, somebody can come between us. All right, uh, we're gonna no finish off. Objects either, please. Uh, we'll uh, finish off with a shout out to the 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 Jets. Liam, you got some good news. Yeah, cheers for that. Um, yeah, so tonight we've been drawn in the first round of the Betfred Challenge Cup. Um, in our first season, we we went unbeaten in the Welsh League and uh, won the South Wales League, and we've been invited into the. Challenge Cup, which is huge, Delta, you know, it's such a prestigious, comp- prestigious competition. Um, in in our short history, is just yeah, just amazing. And uh, the fixture will be the weekend of January the thirteenth and fourteenth. So yeah, looking forward to that and uh, more details to follow. Yeah, we'll try our absolute best to get down there, Mikey. 
Yeah, congratulations to Liam and all the work he's done and the Jets as well for the work on the park. Yeah, if anyone's any more information about the Jets, I'll try and uh, post a link to that first episode you did with us, Liam, where you uh, explained what the Jets yeah. are all about. Um, some background reading before the game. All right, boys. Yeah, no, I should be been a pleasure as always. Thank uh, thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Thank you, boys, for spending a Tuesday night with me. And we'll speak to you next time. Ta-ra. <laughs>